It's time for your monthly temperature check on the real estate market. On this episode, we discuss the real estate market in August 2022. Listen to the real estate experts, Mike Riley and Mike Ferrante, on what the housing market is like in Cleveland and what you can expect. Stay tuned and stay up to date on the latest market conditions on the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Riley with my uh, partner, Mike Ferrante, Century 21. Mike, how you doing on this hot August day? Oh, do- doing good, Mike. I'm sweating. <laughs> but you're, you sound like you're down in the basement. <laughs> so it's a little, little cooler. Anyways, going to be in the mid-90s on Wednesday. So apropos, August heat check. Give me some numbers. Yeah, so I just ran these numbers, Mike. It, everyone's expecting the market to come crashing, grinding to a halt. Uh, I just put out my latest YouTube video with all of these exact numbers. But the kind of quick summary is that while certainly we are seeing a slowdown in the number of offers, multiple offers, offers over list price, that kind of stuff is slowing down. We're still not seeing a reduction in sales, no price. Uh, drops, although you're starting to see listings uh, have to reduce their prices. No real increase in market time. So essentially, the market's staying the same, except there's just less competition. Okay, elaborate. What do you mean less competition? You mean less houses on the market? No, no, I mean uh, competition among buyers. So we were, you know, I'm sure you remember the story a couple months ago, we had a listing in Berea. 46 offers in one weekend. Well, okay. those days are gone now. Yeah. So what's happening is the rates going up and some different factors are pulling some buyers out of the market. So there's just less competition for these listings. Now, the reality is, I'll, I'll give you a number here. There's only about 25 home, 2,500 homes on the market in, in Cuyahoga County. Now, what's kind of normal for our market is between five and 6,000. And, and by comparison, wow. during the big recession, there were 9,000 listings on the market during the recession when you couldn't sell a house to save your life. Right. Interesting. So it's, we're at the other end of the spectrum. I mean, well, yeah. we were at the other end of the spectrum, you know, maybe a year ago, but now it's kind of creeping back to a middle ground. Is that the best way to... I w- yes, yes, it's going to get there. But the reality is that we're still at that at that valley for listings. Yes, there was there was maybe 2,200 at the low point, but there's really only 300 more houses on the market than there were at the very low point. And, and I expect that's going to continue to increase, but it doesn't change overnight. You know, nothing, it's, it, this is like a, a freighter. It's, it, it's not a, it's not a motorboat here. This, the economy, the, just like the real estate market, it turns very gradually. So right. you're going to see this changing over months and years, not weeks. Okay, let me ask you a question because back in the depths of the Great Recession in 2009, 2010, 2011, everybody was saying that buyers were just hold, holding on their houses. They didn't want to be a landlord. They didn't, you know, even if they moved, some people just walked away from their houses because they were just so underwater. But everybody was talking about as soon as that market corrects, you're just going to have a flood of these people that want to sell their houses. What what happened to that? 
Did that happen a couple of years ago? And now we're well, at a point where the inventory, like you said, low. Yeah, I don't think it's a. Fl- I don't think it was a flood. I think it was more of a trickle. So what happened was, yes, as the market corrected and and as these houses uh, increased in value, you started having people say, "All right, well now is the time I can finally get out of this house. I can finally sell." But that that was more of a gradual trickle. The other thing that happened over those years when the builders essentially stopped building, uh, and you had this demand kind of swelling, there just wasn't a lot of homes like in inventory. So, so you have this perfect storm of no building going on, a bunch of people just hanging onto their houses. You had people moving in with family. And so now all of a sudden there's this huge burst of demand and not enough supply to meet it. Now, certainly there are a lot of investors, both the reluctant landlords, those people we talk about that became landlords, they rented their houses because they had to, not because they wanted to, but also your regular investors who are saying, hey, this is a great time to cash out. So you're starting to see more and more homes of that nature hitting the market, but it's not nearly enough to meet that demand that we have. You know, To go from 2,500 listings to 5,000, it's going to take a while. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And people are just starting. And then, of course, you got supply chain issues where you know, yeah, it'd be all well and good to, you know, to build a house, but where are you going to get the A, the labor and B, the uh, supplies? And uh, it's probably what, you know, with the price of gas and everything, you know, people started, stopped drilling for oil and processing because there wasn't any money to be made. So it's like what one gigantic traffic jam, you know, the theory behind, you, you know, the theories behind traffic jam where they did a study. This happened to me when I was in LA and I'll make this a real short story. First time with the family, this is probably 15 years ago. Kids were little. We flew into LAX. We're going to stay at an Airbnb in Ventura. We're going to visit some friends. It's in August. And, of course, I'm on one of these freeways in, in, in L.A. And all of a sudden, I'm driving along. We're moving along. All of a sudden, you know, it's crawling. And I thought, oh, you know, stupid me from Cleveland. There must be an accident up there. <laughs> Well, it turned out there was no accident. I'm looking around and all of a sudden people are are speeding again. It's because it's because the science behind traffic jams is you get one or two people that start stopping, it sets off this chain reaction of everybody stopping. And if it's a, there's a lot of cars on the road, it takes a while for that people to resume driving. Well, it's like this, and I think everything starts seizing up. So I think what we're seeing with oil, price of gas, properties is we've had this mammoth st- seize up in the marketplace with the crash, with the pandemic, and all of a sudden there's this frenzy, to, you know, to catch up. And ergo, price of gas goes up, price of homes goes up, and now people are saying, well, maybe it's time to start building a house. So yeah, the the problem the yeah the problem with building is that the costs have just gone up so high. You know, we were back in the day, not that long ago, we were talking about oh, two hundred dollars a square foot is you could build a really nice house for that. Good luck now at that price. The most recent new construction listing I looked at, Mike, two hundred ninety four dollars a square foot, and it's nice, but it's not the Taj Mahal, believe me. So if you wanted to build a nice home, you're probably, let's just say Mike Riley, owner of Riley Paving and Contracting, 
we're going to get some of the crews who are going to build our own house. And we want to build a 2,000 square foot house. So you're looking at what, 600,000? If, if if you were to hire it out now, obviously, if you're able to self-perform a lot of the trades like you could, sure, you could shave a lot of money off of that. But the average person, you know, I just got a phone call uh, a couple, about two weeks ago. I got a phone call from a guy saying, hey, you know, uh, I got your number from so-and-so. I'm just, you know, average Joe Schmo. I, you know, I'm kind of handy. What do you think about me building a house? And and so I talked him through it, and the bottom line was I don't recommend it. You know, I he he's going to muddle through the process of trying to build, find his trades. He's going to make so many mistakes along the way that he might as well just pay the builder their twenty percent markup to do it. And that's right. the reality. It's really only about a twenty percent profit margin for builders. So yeah. you know, when you when, when you hear these prices, oh my God, three hundred dollars a square foot. And our California listeners are probably saying three hundred a foot. What are they building shanties? But <laughs> that's that's the cost here. And it, and not that long ago, it was two hundred a foot. So it, well, it's gone up that much in just a short time. Well, folks, we um we, we you're going to hear more about this down the road. The uh, the mansion we bought, right, Mike? The oh, mansion yeah. we bought. This is going to be what? What's now? This mansion is in my neighborhood of Cleveland Heights, and this is literally twelve bedrooms. And we decided we were going to cash out on our three and four, couple of our three and four bedroom houses. I'm not going to get into the details just yet. I'll kind of tease this out over time. Mm-hmm. But we basically. Yeah sold four of our properties and it bought this 12 bedroom, just spectacular house, right? It is spectacular. Oh, right? amazing. Imagine what it would cost to rebuild that today. Right. It's all brick. It's got two huge chimneys on either side. All the woodwork is mahogany, the hardwood floors, the big kitchen, the two gigantic fireplaces. I mean, you know, and the third floor is uh, all the servants quarters. You got, uh, you know, six bedrooms up there. And it's got a freaking um, ballroom on the third floor, literally. I I know. So, <laughs> anyways, those are those those are the days. But our our goal is to set this up as a real high end short term rental. I'm not talking Airbnb because already one of my neighbors is freaking out over this. But I'm talking about a real specialized short term, and it doesn't seem to be anybody in that market, right, Mike? No, no, there's really no one playing in that sandbox. You know, we looked it up. Remember, we saw one in Medina, which is an hour and 15 minutes away. But if you're coming in to spend three months at the clinic for treatments or something, you know, your your choices are rent a handful of hotel rooms if you have family coming with you or your entourage or whatever, or nothing. There really aren't options. It's a hotel yeah. and get as many rooms as you need. Right. And we bought this land because it has a vacant lot, just nothing but scrub and forest land. And that's what we're going to clear cut and, you know, build our own house. So you'll be able to follow us whenever we get our quote unquote shit together and get our YouTube channel cranking up. You'll be able to follow us on our journey of how this Airbnb is or I I even I I shouldn't even call it an Airbnb because it's not even going to be on there. It's going to be on a specialized hosting site so we will see we'll keep you posted so you know everything's in flux um let's get back to the august heat check uh which is things are slowly slowly getting to some kind of normal market mike is that the best way to say it 
Yeah, you know, and I would say when things were quote normal, you'd be looking at thirty days to sell a house. Right, that's kind of the gist of it. You know, thirty days was a good a good amount of time to sell a house. And hey, wait a minute, Mike. I want to. I'm I'm gonna put a silence sign of our LA listeners out there. Don't stop smirking. Stop laughing. Right, but thirty days (laughs) is normal in Cleveland, right? Hey, let's stop here. We got to pay some bills. 30 seconds and we'll be back. If you've been listening to this podcast, then you understand or should understand the pitfalls of investing in Cleveland real estate. Say you're looking for an investment property to rent, and these are the things that could happen and often do. You overpay for a house, and it's in the ghetto. Then you find that it's a money pit with endless surprise repairs. Your hapless property manager, who may be the brother-in-law of the realtor, gets a tenant who after three months stops paying the rent. Then the toilet explodes and you have nobody to repair it because, guess what? The property manager is not answering the phone. Yep, that's the ugly side of the Cleveland real estate market. But we have a solution. Buy one of our properties. It's been inspected. It's been vetted. It's in a rock-solid part of town. It comes with a gold star tenant paying top dollar rent, and we manage it. Call us at 216-371-8160 if you're interested. I mean, there's those houses that sell in a couple of days, but then there's also those houses that start out overpriced or have some issues and, you know, they might take 60 or 90 days to sell if, especially yeah. if they're not marketed well, uh, but the average would be 30 days. Now during our uh, little boom that we had here for the last couple of years, yeah, we were around a week, you know, uh, seven days yeah. was the average. And, and now we actually that, had multiple offers. Yeah. Yeah. Back, you know, over the past five years, multiple offers would come up maybe one in 10, one in 20 times. So you, you, that would come up and you'd say, ah, geez, you know, figures we we make an offer at the same time someone else did for the last two years. That was the norm. You you anticipated, you had to sprint to the house to write your offer as quickly as possible to get your offer in just for it to be considered in the multiple offers that you had. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, then getting, but you know, the point of the matter is, you know, for houses now to, to maybe get multiples, it's got to be moving ready. It's got to be cleaned up the outside, right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that for so many uh, podcasts prior to this big boom, where if your house didn't look pretty, you know, it wouldn't be the first one picked. You'd be the last kid picked in the battle ball uh, game. Uh, and it's going to start getting back to that because for the last two years, you could pretty much throw anything on the market. And because buyers were so desperate, you'd get somebody wanting it. Well, that's going to yeah. change. Sellers, realtors, you have to step your game up now. We've got to work on our skills again and getting these houses ready uh, because we're not all going to win the beauty contest, girls. Right. And that gets back to you know our, our ma- mansion acquisition. I mean, we're, we're thrilled that we got this house. We have the, uh, the the contracting comp side of our business that can come in and really do a job. But what was stunning about this was the investment company that bought this house 
out of, I understand, out of foreclosure. They spent, looked like they spent a considerable amount of money on the inside. The bathrooms are all upgraded, you know, jacuzzi tub. Uh, the kitchen is huge. It's got a eight burner Viking range. It's got two Viking, you know, sub-zero type fridges there, granite. Everything looks like it's, you know, on the main floors has all been painted. So really it's, it's moving ready short of getting furnished. Meanwhile, on the outside, the windows are filthy. The landscaping is beyond a joke. I mean, it looks like a haunted house from the outside. Nothing's falling apart. I mean, it needs a paint job. It needs, a, you know, uh, the beds are all overgrown. The pond, you know, the, the koi pond is, is murky and muddy and leaves everywhere and trees, branches on the ground. I mean, you think if you're going to spend that kind of money on the inside that you would at least spend a fraction of that on the outside. Your thoughts? It's the low hanging fruit of house prep. You know, you spend $10,000 on appliances alone. You know, you can't spend a day's worth of labor to clean up the yard. Uh, I heard you say the words koi pond. I didn't even see a koi pond. You must have uh, found that <laughs> when you, when you cleaned up the yard. Well, no, no, it's on the patio side. And folks, you'll see that on our mythical YouTube segment. But uh, I believe me, I've been on uh, YouTube, which folks pay the $6. I'm not getting any money from Google for plugging YouTube. But I have to say YouTube premium, when you pay that $6 a month is magic. There's no ads. And so, of course, I'm just deep diving on everything, how to clean up a koi pond, number one, how to take care of just a mountain of weeds. Should you kill the lawn, the front and the back, or should you aerate it and uh, just reseed it, overseed it? So I'm learning, and I've been in this business for, you know, 40 plus years, and it's amazing what, you know, what you learn. So, um, yeah. So anyways, I was shocked, but, you know, hey, all good for us because, I mean, we came in with a, a solid cash offer and we're prepared to, you know, it'll take us a month to, to clean it all up. So, yeah, and quick, it should uh, look great. Quick trivia question here for our listeners, Mike. So everybody knows that Google is the number one search engine. I mean, it's become a verb in our language, right? I'm going to Google like it. Xerox. Exactly. Exactly. It's become its, it's become its own word. Do you know what the number two, the second most used search engine is in the entire world? Mm. I've got to play our uh, Jeopardy music in the back, right? <laughs> Background music. No, go ahead. It's YouTube. When you think about it, YouTube is a search engine. It's set up like a search engine. You, you type in something and instead of website results, it's video results. And so yeah. that means that Google owns the top two search engines in the world. Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, all right, well, let's, um, let's wrap up this whole, uh, uh, August heat check. So somebody out there, these LA investors who want to move to Cleveland because they're, they're sick of spending 2 million for a postage size, uh, house, and they got to fight traffic and smog and now more forest fires. So, they want to move to Cleveland. Is it, is it a still a seller's market, or is it a lot? Or you've got to s s start sorting through the bin of houses and find that uh, that that penny 
to shine up like we did with <laughs> the Manson. Well, what was the Johnny Carson character? Um, I think it was Karnak, wasn't it? Oh, Karnak. The music, yeah, yeah. 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 Let me put on my Karnak uh, uh, Swami hat here and I'll look into the future. And this is this is my prediction. Now, again, this is just uh, an opinion. And you know what they say about opinions. But we're already seeing demand slowing down. And that's expected. Rates going from three and a half to five and a half and sixes now. You're, you're going to have demand slow down. Uh, the last time I ran market time, we were at about 12 days from a very, very low of seven, eight days. So, so market time's increasing, demand is down. So what does that mean? That means that there's going to be more inventory. You know, the number of buyers is less, more houses hitting the market. And I think as winter approaches, that's when you're finally going to see the shift from a seller's market to a balanced market. I think we're years away from a buyer's market. You know, if we hit a deep recession, let's say, or if some other- Which I don't think we are, but go ahead. Yeah, I I don't think so either. I don't think the deep, deep recession like like we've had uh, starting in 08 is coming. But hey, the economy is cyclical. We're due for a recession. Recessions aren't necessarily bad things. It gives every time every everyone the chance to hit the reset button. Uh, good things come from recession. So I think we're heading toward a very slight recession. I think you're going to see the market shift, maybe become a slight buyer's market at some point. But for the balance of this year, it's going to be a seller's market. Come winter, yeah, you might start having a little bit more leverage as a buyer. Okay, let me throw in a couple of things uh, to wrap this all up to our listeners out there. Okay, now you want to buy a house as an investor. If you're looking to invest your first house into the Cleveland market, you just look up Riley Properties and you send us an email and you say, I want to buy an investment property and we will sell you one of ours. That is a great way. And I'm, I'm, hey, I'm plugging our own company here because we have a half a dozen of our uh, clients and they all start out buying uh, Riley Properties rental with a five-star tenant in place who's paying the rent on time, who's taking care of the house. And it's a great way for you to dip your toe into the Cleveland real estate investment market. Okay, don't buy a house in a bad neighborhood where there's a lot of dollar stores around um, or buy a dump that you have to fix up because you won't be able to fix it up because you won't, you know, contractors are stretched thin. They're booked out months. So if you want investment property, you're willing to spend somewhere between one. We got one at 125. We got one at close to 300,000 and your rents are going to be somewhere around 10 percent. That's where you go. Number two, if you're buying something where you want to live, here's what you do. You buy a house like we bought our mansion, which was like, what, day 70, Mike, on the market? Yeah, that's right. Over two months. Over two months. Look for the one that's over two months and then look at the one that is real tired on the outside real tired, dirty windows, again, like our mansion, overgrown weeds, beds, landscaping, because these people put it on the market and they thought they were just going to throw any piece of shit on the market and they would make a ton of money. Well, that's not happening now. That's not happening now. And that's why this house was on the market for 70 days. It needed a lot of work on the outside. 
and people were reluctant to, um, you know, buy this dirty penny. So there, there are there are houses out there. I'm seeing a lot of them that are out there that are going past 60 days because they need work. Now, if you're going to live in that house, then that's the one you want to snap up and take the broom and clean it out and just uh, be prepared to do some work or call us for recommendations on contractors. And we're, ha- we're happy to help you. So that's my two cents. Your, your final, final comments, Mike. I'm, I'm with you, Mike. I always look for the house, the, that needs the, you know, to be cleaned up that doesn't look good from the street. Uh, that's always been my philosophy in buying as, as well, both for investment properties and right. personal residences. So I'm, I'm with right. you hundred percent on that. Okay. Well, we'll end on that note. We've got a hot day coming up in a couple of days. And a market that's actually slightly cooling down. So, Mike, we'll pick it up in the next week or two. All right. Sounds great. Always a pleasure. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast with Mike Riley. Please add our show or follow us on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. Leave a like or comment on the video. All engagement is appreciated. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well for video content coming soon. For any Cleveland listeners or Cleveland Browns fans, you can check out our other podcast, Cleveland Browns Anonymous, for our weekly group therapy session. This is also on all the same platforms as a Cleveland real estate investor.